This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. What a game, eh? Um, against a counter-attacking monster. Um, so we have to be... And with the possession we had, it's just incredible. We did incredibly well, I have to say. It's exactly the way you have to play against them. Yes, they had scored a goal, um, which was, again, a really tight offside decision, but it all uh, yeah, against us. Um, had probably two more chances or so, good chances, where they were just good. But apart from that, we, we control the game in, in, with the ball, which is just incredibly good. And um, so it's a massively deserved three points, and I'm really happy. It was just a really good game, and, um, and I'm so happy then that we, that we scored that goal, because if you have kind of felt like 70% possession, I don't know how much it was, but um, and then against a top, top, top side, and it's a draw. Yeah, we would have taken it, but then Bobby, what a header. So, um, yeah, just nice. On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Jürgen Klopp speaking after Liverpool beat Spurs in the match of the week. It is On the Ball with me, Ross. Hello. It's very nearly Christmas. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I won't sing Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah, as usual, you can tweet me and the guys at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Introducing the gentleman this week, we have top left corner, Craig Marias. Hello, Craig. Hello, hello, Ross. How are you doing? Uh, very sleepy, like you, Craig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Bob Holmes is also here. Hi, Bob. Hi, hi. Good to see you all. And uh, Des Corkill becoming a regular these days. Nice to stay. <laughs> Des, hello. Hello, all. Uh, getting into the holiday spirit, but I'm still going to have a whinge about VAR. Of course. <laughs> Des wouldn't be Des. He's going to do it whilst munching into a mince pie. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's start with Liverpool 2, Tottenham 1. Jose Mourinho said the best team lost, but Bob Holmes did the right team win. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I can see uh, what uh, Jose's getting at here. I mean, he's, he's having a little nibble at, the, at Klopp at the end, um, you know, trying to rile him, I think, uh, perhaps sensing that he was getting a bit rattled by his behavior on the touchline, uh, this sort of thing. I mean, Jose will pick on anything, uh, nothing even, you know, if he senses there might be a, a, a weakness or something there. But I think this was a statement game by both clubs, actually. I think, uh, it was a game between the two best teams in the league, frankly. Um, I can see, understand uh, Jose's argument about Spurs, although they only had 24% of the ball and were down on all the other stats, but that's the way he plays. And they could very easily have won it. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they missed three easy chances, didn't they? Um, Liverpool also missed chances. I mean, he's overlooking that. Um, but it was, a, it was a good game. It wasn't a classic, but it was a very good game. And uh, I think Liverpool deserved to win. And the big pluses for them, of course, were Curtis Jones and the fact that they can play like this when still ravaged by injuries. I mean, Jose said that they've only had one serious injury before the, before the game. You know, he, he's referring to Van Dyke. Well, <laughs> I, can th I can think of six other players who've been out for some considerable time. And I don't think there's any other team in the league that could have sustained this level of performance. Now they're uh, clear. There's daylight at the top of the league and they've done it whilst being ravaged by injuries. And yeah. I think that's a tremendous performance. Yep, absolutely. Let's just go back to Curtis Jones, says Corkill. What a performance from the young man. Um, the press being the press and us being radio and on the finger, on the button of the pulse of everything that's happening. Must be an England cap coming his way soon. Oh, shut up. Come on. <laughs> uh, firstly, I'd like to talk about Reese Williams, firstly. Um, two he teenagers was, in Liverpool. He made a couple of mistakes, didn't he? Well, he's a 19-year-old kid making his debut against Harry Kane in a match between the two um, um, top two sides in the in the top flight of the most expensive league in the world. 
So um, all of those other coaches down the divisions who say, oh, you can't play teenagers, kids aren't good enough. There's an example for you. When you put them into the heat of that kind of action, they hold their own. Um, and so all the attention has gone to Curtis Jones for a couple of lovely little outrageous uh, flicks and um, a nutmeg. Great battle between him and Pierre Hoiberg. And I think it was um, a testament that uh, Mourinho decided that uh, Curtis Jones was probably the danger man in the yeah. Liverpool midfield because it wasn't quite man-to-man, Mark. It wasn't as, as, uh, as straightforward as that. But wherever Jones turned up, Hoiberg seemed to be there. So Jones did a great job. But also, Reese Williams, 19-year-old kid. I think this time last year, year, he was playing for Kidderminster in the National Conference. This is yeah. the, 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 uh, uh, what he's done. And Fabinho, by the way, is a midfielder. Yeah. And he's the centre-back as yeah. well. What, what we've done, yes, uh, Tottenham have... Um, sorry, I used we, I don't mean to. Uh, but Tottenham were able to create chances. Liverpool play that way. Uh, Klopp's way is not exactly high risk, but he'll accept two or three chances going to the opposition team. And so he, he always has done because he plays such a relentless attacking style. I just think that the crisis club playing two teenagers, top of the division, once again, tells you everything about Jurgen Klopp and the, the fighting spirit that he's put into that Liverpool side. All right, we're going to have to come back to Liverpool and Spurs because we've got a whole bunch of games to talk about uh, uh, in midweek. Uh, Man City had a draw, a battling draw by West Brom, Craig Marias. Um, good enough uh, for West Brom to come away with a point, but not good enough to keep Slavin Bilic in the job. We have now since heard that big Sam Allardyce has been moved in to, to the hot seat at the Hawthorns. Bit harsh, right? Considering a point at, at the Etihad. Yeah, uh, but as, as we discussed earlier, you know, I mean, this this was a decision that was made much earlier on. You know, it wasn't based on this Man City game. Uh, the writing was on the wall for for Slavon Village over the last uh, last few months. To be honest with you, um, that there have been rumours of a rift between him and the board. Um, a lot of it due to you know money spent in the transfer window. Uh, there, there was you know a large. A proportion of that that transfer budget uh, spent on Carlin Grant, uh, who came from Huddersfield, if I'm not mistaken, um, and the board, you know, actually claimed that they they overspent um, in in the summer. Um, so so obviously that coupled with the fact that you know that they, they were really struggling down at the bottom, um, let that. And I think they were, you know, the, the deal with Sam Allardyce, they were just waiting, uh, waiting for him to to you know kind of agree terms and everything. Um, and once it was done, you know, so, so, I mean, it wasn't really based on the fact that, you know, they've they got a point at Etihad. I mean, you'd be crazy uh, to sack a manager based on, on, on something like that. Um, but, but what it did show, I mean, what it did show was that these West Brom players are still fighting. Yep. They're still playing for the manager. Yep. Um, so, so it wasn't a case of him losing the dressing room or, or anything like that. It, it, was, it was definitely a, a board decision. Um, in terms of, you know, they just didn't get on with him anymore. And uh, it happens, not very often, but it happens. Um, but, you you know, at the same time, you know, you're, you're down there struggling at the bottom and, and you get the opportunity to bring someone like Big Sam in uh, to, to kind of steady the ship and then possibly get him out of uh, this this relegation battle. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, it was a bit of, bit of both uh, in terms of, you know, you, you know, Slum and Village obviously not getting on with them. But someone with a great record getting out of situations like West Brom find themselves in. Um, so yeah, um, is it is it is it the right one? Um, well, you know, time will tell. You know, he's never been relegated, Big Sam. Um, but uh, you know, as Bob said off air just now, you know, this might be the one where you know it, it changes everything. You know, and and um, I, I think uh, well, Bob, you know, speaking on behalf of Bob, um, he feels that this is uh, just too big a task for Big Sam. Okay, okay, right. The alternative could be that it's such a bad result to draw at Man City these days. (laughs) (laughs) Considering it was a full house at the Etihad. (laughs) Got to mention the uh, West Brom keeper. I think he was a bit of a hero, wasn't he? Especially at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Ex United, that's why. Yeah, another one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, more more about West Brom later. Um, Big Sam's first game is against Villa, so. Yeah, uh, more about that coming up. Uh, Wolves beat Chelsea, which was a surprise, Bob Holmes. Uh, Frank Lampard says his players might be suffering from fatigue. Uh, um, 
<laughs> I, I can almost, as I've said that, I can feel Des Corkill's eyes burning. Well, <laughs> you should have given that uh, Des the question, I think. But, I, um, I want him to see the bit it, more first. Yeah, uh, just as I talked Chelsea up as uh, potential uh, <laughs> European champions last week, uh, they go and do this. Yeah, typical. Two um, losses now in two games. Yeah, oh, real crisis. Lampard will be sacked if there's a third. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, this this is inevitable uh, when you've got a, a, a fairly young squad, a, a big squad, he's still sorting out who plays where. Uh, Timo Werner has been uh, chopped and changed. Pulisic switched even in the middle of the game. Um, still finding the roles. And um, yeah, a little bit of a blip, but not a, certainly not a crisis. I expect Chelsea to be up there. I think they'll be in the top four at the end of the season. I, d I, don't, I wouldn't worry about this at all. Um, but credit to Wolves. Uh, they're finding a way, uh, even w without their main man, uh, Jimenez. Yeah. And uh, uh, Pedro Neto. Um, yeah, uh, they paid, paid quite a bit of money for him. He's and, only uh, 20. I was quite yeah. surprised. I thought it was yep. mid-20s. No, no. Um, quite a prospect, but hasn't always had the opportunities mm. at Wolves, but has got one now, thanks to uh, the unfortunate injury. And they look like they've Jimenez. got a 14-year-old up front in Fabio Silva, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they keep finding him, and I think Nuno... <laughs> Nuno is a, is a great manager and, uh, you know, they may not be quite up there. They may not qualify for Europe this season, but given the uh, losses, the loss of uh, Diego Jota and uh, Jimenez, who looks as if he might be out for a while. No, there's no word. I've Googled this till the cows come home, trying to find out how long he's expected to be out for. No, but and there's there, no there, word. There were pictures of him visiting the training ground, though. Yeah, um, yeah he was yeah. out of hospital. But, and, but, but yeah, no, no word yeah. about when playing time. No, it's skull fracture. Uh, you know, you don't mess around with exactly. that. So he, he could be out for the rest of the season. Hope not. All right. Uh, more about Wolves later and Chelsea. Ooh, is it, is it a, 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 a little, just a little rocking of the boat, perhaps? Um, all right. Let, let's wrap up the midweek football then. Round 13 matches. Man United, uh, rubbish at home. But they're, they're perfect away from Old Trafford. So Dean Henderson, Dean Henderson is your solution in goal. So Dean Henderson was the goalkeeper of that dreadful goal conceded at Istanbul, where he didn't communicate to his defenders that there is Denver Bar completely 20 yards on his own as United send everybody going forward. Dean Henderson is the one who was caught in possession, taking a second touch for that first Sheffield United goal. You get rid of David here at your peril, because Dean Henderson is not the same quality of goalkeeper. You can talk him up all you want. Uh, he doesn't communicate uh, in, in, in the same way. Uh, he doesn't have the shot-stopping abilities of fine goalkeeper. But I, th this, to me, is um, uh, almost press pressure or even um, spam pressure saying De Gea's no good anymore. Mm. We've got to change him. And this, to me, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, capitulating to that pressure. And that's what happens if you put non-world-class people uh, into those positions. So Dean Henderson is learning. He's had a season at Sheffield United, but I'm going to point the finger. United were glorious, by the way. United were beautiful. All three goals were just sensational, hitting on the break. But I tell you what, managers ignore press pressure. Rashford's equaliser was a thing of beauty, according to this press report. His exquisite touch and instant rocket finish very nearly as good as forcing the government into two embarrassing U-turns <laughs> in six months. <laughs> well, he's got a hat trick then. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Craig, you and I were, were, yeah. were talking. It's a joy to see Rashford running at people at, at full flight, scything in and out, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're talking about his qualities that day. There's obviously great pace. I mean, once he gets going, there's, there's not many defenders that are going to keep up with him. But it's also the strength and the... Uh, the courage that he has. I mean, the amount of times he gets kicked in a match, he just gets up and, you know, just does it all over again. Um, he's strong. He can ride challenges, um, even when he's running at full pelt. Um, the one thing I would say is that 
I still don't think he converts his chances enough. I mean, mm. in a game, he probably has about three or four good chances, you know, and he puts away maybe one or two. Um, but then again, you know, he's not a natural striker. Um, you know, he's not a natural finisher like Mason Greenwood. Um, but, I mean, that touch, I mean, absolutely exquisite. Like, uh, oh, I, the, yeah, I, I could beautiful. watch that all day. Yeah, Plucked yeah. it out, controlled it. And, and the, the, the beauty of it is that as soon as he's controlled that, he you needs that. to take that shot. Yeah. He doesn't have a chance. Most strikers would want to take another touch out of their feet. But the touch was so good and it needed to be that good uh, before the, the, the challenge was incoming. Um, it, it was just, oh, it was just so good. So good to watch. And, and we've seen that a couple of times recently, you know. I mean, think of West Ham, you know, the, the, the goal that he scored there uh, with, with a beautiful chip over Fabianski. Um, um, yeah, so he's, he's becoming a real leader for United. Um, you know, he's what is he, 23. Hmm. Uh, world-class, absolutely world-class. Uh, but I just feel he just needs to convert, um, you know, his chances a little bit more um, that the chances that he gets during a match. But, yeah, I just go back to Dez's point, actually, about the goalkeeping situation. I think this was a week where we've seen um, a few keepers being rotated. Uh, you think at Brighton, uh, Everton, Pickford didn't play, did he? Um, and then you look at United's situation. Um, with Dean Henderson, and this has been a problem, and, and you think back to last season, think back to the match against Liverpool, Sheffield <laughs> United. You know, he had a fantastic season, right? But Dean Henderson, over the years, has always been prone to a mistake. And that is something, if he wants to become a top keeper, playing for England, playing for Man United, he needs to cut out of his game. His concentration levels, for me, are not good enough um, to, to be you know, the number one for a club like Man United, to be a number one for England. <clears throat> Talent is there, that's quite obvious. Great shot stopper, um, but uh, you know, great kicking ability. I think his distribution is good, but his concentration levels just aren't there. And whether that's, you know, you know, you go back to the mistake last night or a few hours ago, um, whether it's the case of, you know, not getting enough games and just throwing him into the deep end, or, you know, it's just something that he's got. And, you know, if he is going to play for Man United and England, you just have to accept. But that could have very nearly cost United yesterday. It could All right. Have. All right, um, United continue to be perfect away from home. Their next two aways, though, I believe, are Leicester and Liverpool. So you can't keep giving teams leads. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of leads, they had a great win, 5-2 over Newcastle United. Um, Everton won 2-0 away at Leicester. Arsenal and Southampton would, was drawn. Uh, we, got, we got problems. Arteta's got problems at Arsenal. We're going to cover all that for you as we start our Match Week 14 preview. Next. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Has come up with something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, Craig Marias, uh, Bob Holmes and Des Corkill here on a Friday evening previewing Match Week 14. Crystal Palace against Liverpool. We all know how Jurgen Klopp loves a Wednesday game and then an early kickoff on Saturday, Des Corkill. <laughs> so this one should suit him down to the ground. Uh, the, the crisis club facing another crisis, huh? Um, Palace... You know what? Now they play with four attacking players. If Roy Hodgson plays with four attacking players, they could really have a chance of getting at Liverpool. Uh, whoever plays at centre-back, be it Matty Phillips or, or Reese Williams, um, they could get him. There's no Christian Benteke, though, which uh, will uh, restrict Palace. I, I was always a Benteke fan. Uh, I was, uh, and he just looks like he's coming back into form until he gets sent off for... Uh, challenging for the ball in the air twice. Um, so he, he is suspended. And I think that really limits um, Palace because they've now got to go through Zaha as, as the main stri uh, a striker, whereas they had options when Benteke was there. They could go long, they could play it into his feet, or they could use Zaha's dribbling. So, so Palace's effectiveness going forward could be blunted, but they're a big, strong, physical side. And uh, Liverpool's record there actually isn't that bad, despite that 2014 um, three all when they were chasing the title. Their record, they, they tend to come away, but there's always bruises. There's, it's always gory. 
it's always a great watch. Yeah, Klopp didn't use any of his three substitutions available to him against Spurs. Um, a lot of activity on the touchline from Klopp, though, Bob Holmes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen a lot of teams starting to rotate squads now because we, we literally, it's December, it's, it's the crazy month. Um, but Liverpool can't really afford to do that with the injury crisis they're currently in. No, uh, I mean, if you noticed, he was uh, trying to bring uh, Cater on at the end uh, just to kill a bit of time and never, never actually got him on. And he was the first person he hugged when, he, when the whistle went. Um, I mean, that was purely a, um, you know, it was just a time, it would have been a time-wasting uh, exercise. But he was, he was concentrating on winning the match. I mean, uh, you know, that, that was the priority. You're playing Spurs, who were, who were actually above them at the time, weren't they? It was a top of the table encounter, and uh, the points were the priority, not to uh, not to rest people. So I think he uh, he got that right, um, and he's got one or two players coming back. Uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, almost forgotten man, doesn't even get a mention when the injury list is trotted out, but uh, he was actually on the bench for for that game. And uh, Tiago Alcantara, uh, another forgotten man, um, is now back in training, but training on his own. So that means he, w- he won't be playing this weekend, but at least he's back in training. And he's, he's only played uh, one and a half games. And he was the guy, he was the big world-class signing for a snip of 20 million who was going to change things and make a difference to the so-called pedestrian midfield. We've hardly seen him. Um, so they've got these guys to come back and I, they're going to need them. Um, I mean, it's good to give Jones his head. He's only 19. He's on a roll. He's, he, he wants to play every single minute and let him, you know, um, let him go for it. Let him go while the going's good. He c- can do almost no wrong. One or two shots, he didn't quite strike cleanly. Uh, so did uh, Mo Salah. Didn't quite get the power w- when they were in good positions. Uh, perhaps that's the only fault I can see in Curtis Jones. Mm-hmm. So um, he's yeah, these these guys are gonna are gonna be rested when Klopp sees fit. But it'll be you know one or two. It won't be a mass exercise. Nothing like that. England caps coming for Jones. I tell you, Josh, we don't care. <laughs> we do not care. Craig Marias, <laughs> Palace are in good form at the moment, undefeated in three. Um, like, like Des alluded to, they, they're slightly more attacking these days. Yes, they'll be missing Benteke, but they've got Batshuayi on, on the bench. Yeah. They, they've got yeah. players they can bring in and they can continue. Do you reckon they'll take the game to Liverpool? Because Liverpool away from home this season. Yeah? Yeah, um, they'll definitely go into this feeling that they have a chance. Um, yeah, it's a pity Benteke's not there, but like in Batshuayi, they have a, an international uh, that you know has played you know for big clubs, um, plays for his national team. He, he's a he's a good player uh, to come in and, and replace Benteke. It's just a shame about Benteke because you know we're starting to see glimpses of the old Benteke, uh, the one that we saw at Villa, um, <clears throat> and he was starting to hit a bit of form. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, Palace have enough to trouble Liverpool. Um, I'm not so sure whether they'll get the win. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they come away with something from this because Roy Hodgson's uh, sides are quite difficult to break down. Um, but, I mean, Liverpool obviously have quality and uh, that they can call it despite the injuries. But, yeah, um, I, I, I fancy Palace to nick something, yeah? Uh, I do. All right. 8.30pm kickoff Crystal Palace against Liverpool. It's the early, early game. You know how Jurgen Klopp loves those. <laughs> Southampton versus Man City is Saturday 11pm. On Wednesday, we saw the Saints who are in good form, Des, go away to Arsenal, come away with a 1-1 draw there. So Hassan Huttle has got the Saints firing. Che uh, Adams is stepping up. I want to point out Theo Walcott, who looks uh, very much at home uh, back at Southampton. Uh, again, remember him when he first burst onto the scene at Southampton when he was a kid and made that uh, World Cup squad. And he never quite lived up to that, uh, um, that uh, word. Um, the hype. Feeling, the hype or everything. 
but he's a really good, solid pro. He seemed out of sorts at Everton. It just seems the big clubs were, were too much for him. Not that he didn't uh, um, produce moments at, at Arsenal, but now he's back at Southampton. He looks like he's lord of the manor, big fish in a, in a smaller pond. And you need big players like that to step up. And Hassan Huttle has got that. They're solid to break down. They, um, they, they, they press beautifully. Uh, and they've got Danny Ings. What a, an astute signings that one is. Che Adams is, is the bulldozer. And the likes of Walcott and, and Nathan Redmond, even when he, uh, when he comes on, they add the, the attacking spark. So they look a nice little unit, Southampton. Um, if they get some injuries, they, they might have one or two problems. But yeah, great to watch. Play the game in the right way. And uh, a big, big, fish, big fish in a small pond for Theo Walcott. And he's thriving. Four points separate the sides. Uh, nobody would have said Southampton had a one on top. <laughs> but Craig Marias, um, City, they need Aguero back. He's slowly coming back now. I, I believe he, he made an appearance from the bench midweek. Uh, they need him firing because Gabriel Jesus hasn't scored. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of their problem, uh, City. That's why we see City where they are. Um, you know, everything in, in between is good. But when it comes to... Know, the finishing touch on it. Uh, they, they don't really have someone um, of that quality to put it away. Now, now, Gabriel Jesus is a weird one because when he burst onto the scene, you know, he was that kid that was coming off the bench and scoring goals. Um, he was that guy that was filling in for Aguero when he could. And, and you know, he looked more than capable. Uh, don't forget, you know, he's, he, he leads Brazil's line. He led the line at the World Cup. You know, so we're not talking about an average player here. But he just seems so short on confidence. Um, he, he doesn't look like you know a player that's capable of, of filling in um, Aguero's boots for the long term. Um, and I think that's why we see you know with reports in the papers that City are being linked with you know with moves for Latour Martinez and, and players like that because um, I think you know people at City have realised okay uh, maybe he's not. Uh, good enough to, for, you know, to, to be our starting striker. Um, you know, everything in between, you know, in terms of creativity and, and you look at some of the, the names on that list uh, in, in the lineup, you know, you've got Sterling, you have De Bruyne, you've got Foden. Um, you're talking about really good players here. Something's just not clicking at City. And I think it's, it's a lot down to do with, you know, that forward role. You know, they've tried with Aguero out, you know, they've tried Jesus there. They've tried Ferran uh, Torres up there, who's actually a winger. They tried Raheem Sterling up there. He's actually a winger. Phil Foden's even played a few minutes up there. Um, so, so it's Pep scratching his head hmm. and thinking, how do I get goals out of this team? Um, and, and the sooner Aguero returns, the better. But I'll just remind you, he's, what, 31, 32 now? Yeah. Uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't played a lot of games in the last six months. Um, are we going to see the same Sergio Aguero come back? Um, that, 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 that's a big, big question that, that, that we need to find out. Don't be surprised if City in January splash out on the striker. City have won three of their last five trips to Southampton. They have lost two, though. Southampton versus Man City is an 11 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. We're off for our first break, then. Stick with us. Back with Arsenal, Spurs, and much more. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if he'd make a difference. Tell you what, he beats the ball ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Craig Marias here on a Friday evening. We're looking at match week 14. That's a third of the season done already. As usual, tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We do have a YouTube channel up. New video out tonight. In fact, might even really be out. Uh, TFIF on video. Do check it out. Everton versus Arsenal is Sunday at 1.30 a.m. Um, let's look at Arsenal first here, Des Corkill. On, on Wednesday, they had a 1-1 draw against Southampton at home. Uh, pluses out of that, uh, Obama Young scored, finally. Uh, it was a nice goal. But uh, there are problems at Arsenal. You, you read about Riffs. Apparently, he's lost some of the dressing room. Things aren't going well. And then all that. Plus, you've got Mesut Ozil still sitting on the sidelines <laughs> in the shadows. <laughs> it's like he's literally on, on the shoulders saying, hey, you, ma you made a mistake there. 
Um, so the, the peasants are beginning to revolt at Arsenal. The, the fans forums are really having a pop. Um, it depends how brave the board are. Tell you what, it's gone great since Arsene Wenger left. It just shows you what a great job he did. The guys who've come in haven't really been given their head. I hope Arsenal stay with Mikel Arteta. They thought he was the business. He's clearly going through a, a, a dodgy time while the peasants are revolting. I'm hearing, I'm not hearing that he's uh, lost anything. I'm not reading anything overly negative from inside the club. You're hearing it from uh, Thierry Henry. I cannot watch while well, Gennady Xhaka is in the Arsenal team. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, a work in progress. It's a horrible to watch work in progress. It's boring as hell. But um, I, I'm a big one of, 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 if there's a young coach, you trust him. Um, well, let him get, get out of the situation because it is only a third of the way through the season. Yeah. And it's so tight there. Four or five wins can get you right, right up. But four or five defeats and then they're in a relegation scrap. That would be funny. Edu, the director of football, has come out and given Arteta his backing, right? And publicly as well. Um, I'll, I'll, right, let, let's look at this game uh, and, and Everton in particular. I, I'm looking here, Bob, and I'm seeing Alex Iwobi as someone who can possibly really haunt Mikel Arteta in this game. He's played differently now. He's slightly deeper. He's older. He's always had the skills. He he looks dangerous when used properly, and, and he maybe can cause Arteta a problem here? Uh, well, yeah, you're right. He's, uh, he's playing deeper, isn't he? He's a, he's a fullback, um, yeah. an attacking fullback. Who, who saw that in him when, when he burst on the scene uh, under Arsene Wenger? I bet I don't think Arsene Wenger did, quite frankly. But uh, he seems to have uh, taken to the role, and he's got pace, he's got power, and... Uh, Carlo Ancelotti has, has really found something there. It uh, just shows what a, a, another manager, a new set of eyes can, can see things differently. He spotted something in uh, Iwobi that no one else did, and Everton are benefiting from it. Um, I think that uh, the fact that they've managed to win two games on the trot is very important to them now. They've steadied because they, they started off like a train. Then they collapsed after what Des calls the celebrations of the title win. Um, and, uh, and now they've steadied. So I think that's, that's good. Things are under control. And... They, they've even dropped Pickford a second time, although he's not been considered uh, dropped. Rested. Uh, rested is the term. Uh, I think Carlo Ancelotti has got things uh, under control there. They're not going to win the league. I doubt very much if they'll be in the top four, but they're a reasonable bet for Europe. And uh, they're, they're still scoring. And it's a work in progress, but I think Everton fans have just, now they've set their sights a little bit lower than the title. I think they should be happy with what's going on there. And this is, um, this is going to be a very interesting game because if Everton win this, they, 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 you know, they're, they're back up there, everything's all right. If um, an Arsenal lose, they, then the pressure's on Arteta. But quite honestly, I think Arsenal have been a bit unlucky. When you look at the goalmouth incidents really they've done everything but score in quite a few games it's just not going quite right for them and I think I would stick with Arteta absolutely he started very well he won the FA Cup when he was not expected to he started the season well and it's gone a bit pear-shaped since then but don't panic stick with him he's your man I reckon panic will set in if Everton come away with three points here. Sunday, 1.30 a.m., uh, Everton versus Arsenal. Spurs versus Leicester City is Sunday at 10.15. Uh, Leicester, well, they, they lost to Everton last time out, Craig Marias. 2-0 at home. They, they've been a bit weird this season. Shocking results. They, they'll come away with an away win. And then, you know, lose a, a really weird one at home. But they're up there still, there and thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can argue that they're even exceeding expectations uh, being up there. You know, so, you know, the odd result where they drop points here and there isn't so surprising. I mean, let's be honest, they, you know, they, they drop points to Everton. You know, it's not exactly an easy game for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
with Leicester, I mean, we saw last season what Brendan Rodgers was trying to do. Um, you know, they were in top four for the majority of it and they tailed off at, right at the end when, you know, they, they really expected to hang on. Um, but, you know, where Leicester finished is, is more than acceptable for them. You know, I don't think they're, they're a team that are capable of, of, of you know, playing at, in the Champions League. I don't think they're a top four team, but they'll push you close. And, you know, if, you know, teams drop points around them, they, they, they'd obviously capitalise on it. Um, but I think, you know, about, you know, fifth, sixth, you know, it is about where Leicester are pushing right now, you know, steps at, steps at a time. Um yeah, they're, they're just a bit topsy-turvy, to be honest with you. They're, they're very reliant on, obviously, Jamie Vardy, um, who's, what, what is he now, 33? Mm-hmm. So, something like that, yeah. 33? Um, so, so he's, you know, I mean, he's, he's showing no signs of slowing down. But, you know, there, there has to be a ton of... I'm a big fan of James Madison. He's slowly coming back into a better form um, after a few, few injury troubles. Um, but let, let's not forget that Leicester do have a lot of injury... Uh, injuries out there, yep, you know. Yep. They're playing Christian Fuchs. Um, you know, you look at the the, the wing backs in um, Castagna, who who's one of their their new signings over the summer. Uh, he started off really well, um, and then he got a bad injury, uh, and then they've got a couple of others which which are which have been long term injuries. So yeah, sorry, you said Ross. No, no. Um, yeah, okay. I, I was and, then, say, and also Ricardo. Yeah. Castagna should be back this weekend. Also, Johnny Evans uh, is yeah. uh, available after suspension. Been, so it, it could be different for them. And, and Ricardo, Ricardo Pereira as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, so defensively, defensively, they've had quite a number of injuries there. That They've been forced to play Christian Fuchs, who's, you know, 34, 35 must be. Um, you know, I, I like Fofana. Mm. He's coming to the side and, and he's performed really, really well for a youngster. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think you know with Leicester, yeah, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a surprise loss um, to to Everton. I expect that to happen over the season, um, but it's nothing overly worrying. Uh, I think Brendan Rodgers will be fine, and, and Leicester will be fine this season. Spurs and all that stuff that Jose Mourinho has been saying, Des Corkill. What it means, if you look at the big picture, is that he really does fancy this Tottenham side. They're not just a pony, in inverted commas. Um, you know, they're, they're in this one. They're in with a shout. So he's going to expect to win this. He is, and it's exactly the kind of game they could lose if, uh, if they don't go and attack. And so he sits back. Uh, it's a very... It, it's, if you're sitting back and relying upon Harry Kane and uh, Son Heung-min, it, it's great. It's really worked very nicely so far. But you can't do it for a season. You've got to have... A lot more to you than that. And uh, I'm disappointed that Tottenham don't trust Dembele and Sissoko and their attacking prowess a lot more. And that they're, they're reluctant to, uh, or that they're happy to sit back as much as they do. I know it's the Jose Mourinho way, but they're, they're such a good group of players. They should be there or thereabouts anyway, even without Jose's extra little uh, magical touch. But I just feel, as with so many clubs, he inhibits a little bit. He gets great results, but it, you don't see the joie de vivre that you did. Maybe of that early Chelsea team when he first came on. They were fun to watch, um, a, a, a little bit more expansive than Tottenham. I think this is a huge game for Tottenham because if they were to lose two on the spin, suddenly the Jose magic disappears. Mm. Not disappears, but it dissipates a little bit. The bubble, the bubble is, is taken out of the balloon. If, uh, it's the kind of game that Leicester thrive on. Because they'll play that quick breaking. Vardy will be the one who has the, maybe the chance uh, to, to, to get at the Tottenham uh, central defence because he's sharper than Eric Dyer and Vertonghen. So I think this is a, a potential real banana skin for um, Tottenham simply because this is the kind of game that Le- Leicester, Leicester set up to do. And Brendan Rodgers is a really good coach. You talk about Jose. I'm, I'm, I've always been a, a Rodgers fan, always. Song Heung-min and Harry Kane have combined for 23 goals and 17 assists between them this season. Uh, undoubtedly, some people will make one of them captain for Fantasy Premier League this weekend. Uh, before we go to the break, just need to mention that Matt Bellotti, MC Matt Sally, is currently yeah. the leader of our Fantasy Premier League after 13 rounds. Craig Marias, go give him, a, give him a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, definitely, uh, especially with him 
you know, the time difference for matches yeah, has been an absolute right? nightmare for him. Uh, but fair play, but we're not even halfway through yet. So uh, a, a lot more to come. <laughs> but, but well done, Matt Bellotti. Um, yeah. Okay, final break. Stay tuned. Back with the other ties right after this. Lovely football, speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back, back with Des, back with Bob and Craig. Uh, as usual, you can tweet BFM Radio at BFM Radio. You can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And do check out our latest video, TFIF, on video at YouTube. All right, Manchester United versus Leeds is the Sunday night game. Monday, uh, half past midnight, this one. Um, worried because it's a home game, Craig Marias. <laughs> they're, they're perfect away from home. Six wins. If only... All games can be played away from Old Trafford. But we hear with Manchester still being in Tier 3, there will be no fans at Old Trafford. And and Ole's got to sort that out, right? Yeah, he, he does. I mean, the home form is a worry. I mean, just imagine if they had a little bit of form um, at home and, and where United could actually be um, in the table. Um, I, I think this is going to be a tough game. You know, Leeds, they're, they're very well drilled by Bielsa. Um, it, it's a derby as well, you know, uh, there's a lot of rivalry between the two clubs. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's heated up to be an absolute uh, spectacle of a game, this one, because um, you've got quality players on the show. Um, it's going to be a great tactical battle um, but between both sides. You know, United love to counter-attack, but Leeds as well, when they're flying, they, 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 they you know, they can fly forward as well. Um, I, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of goals in this one. I, I really do. I, I don't think... Both teams defensively um, have been great this season. Um, they, they're always capable of, of conceding goals, but, you know, scoring goals, um, you know, they, they do it at will. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I just can't see a clean sheet this one. I really can't. Um, United, from their point of view, uh, judging on yesterday's performance, um, they have to buck up defensively. They have to defend a lot better than they did um, uh, against Sheffield United. Um the, the errors, I mean, both goals were easily avoidable uh, from, from United's point of view. And, and, and that's something, you know, w- with a quick turnaround, there's not a lot you can do with the training pitch. But, you know, it, they just have to be a lot more alert. They can't afford uh, to go another goal down again. You know, mm. they, they keep doing it week in, week out. And it's, there's only so much you can do, um, you know, in the second half and, and things like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, Ole really... Going on that on that point, you know, I, I really do think, and I can't stress this enough, it's something to do with the warm up. It has something to do with the warm up because, you know, they're just not starting games well enough in that first half. So that's Michael Carrick and, Carrick you know, and can, Co. Then, well, it has to be either their warm up, you know, is not, you know, they're not getting the boys up for it. Um, you know, there's not enough blood circulation. They're not alert enough, but. They're just so uh, lethargic when they start matches. And, and the only thing you can put it down to, I mean, if it happens a couple of times, that's fine. But, I mean, it's happening every game. They go to goal down every single game. Um, and, you know, like I said, you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, and, you know, I hope it ends this week because it's, it, it's a big one. United find themselves in a great position. With a game in hand, if they win that, I think they're two points off the top. Yeah, um, and they need to keep winning games. But but Leeds United, Bob Holmes, they, they I guess they have two derbies in the Premier League this season. They've got Sheffield United, who is South Yorkshire, and 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 Man United, who are, who there is real. Uh, I don't want to say hatred, feeling between the, these two sets of fans here. And Leeds uh, this season, I mean, do, do you reckon they'll be up for derby-type games or are they too frail? Well, it's not a derby. It's a rivalry, isn't it? And it's a as rivalry as, which as is close more on one side than the other, actually. It's always been that. Um, started with Leeds' jealousy of, of Man United. Man United fans wondered where it came from. Um, they didn't particularly dislike Leeds, but now they do. It's one of those modern rivalries, a bit like Forest and Derby, out of nothing. And uh, it's, it's festered and it, it's 
it's quite nasty. It's probably a good thing that there won't be any fans there uh, because, uh, you know, well, 2,000 couldn't do much damage anyway, but um, there won't be any there, will there? Because you know, Manchester's in tier three. Uh, yeah, just, I'd just like to uh, go back to uh, Craig's point about the warm-up. Um, for that goal that United conceded against Sheffield United, I don't think that Henderson should cop all the blame for that. They were passing it around the penalty yeah. area as if it was still the warm-up. And okay, he, he's mainly culpable. Yes, I mean, it was a poor touch. But the pass to him from Harry Maguire, I think, was so casual. And the uh, Sheffield player that, that robbed him of the ball, it, it wasn't, the, wasn't McGoldrick who seized upon it and put it in the net. But he wasn't, he wasn't very, Ollie Burke, yes, he wasn't very far away. And it was a suicidal pass in the first place. And they'd been casually just wafting it around the penalty area. And I do think there is something in that, that they, they don't look ready. And, you, you know, that, that's a big problem. Um, so, you know, the stats can't lie, not when they concede the first goal in so many matches, one after another, against a team like Sheffield United, who never score, you know, they've still got, a, got two, got two again. It's the first time they've scored two this season against United, but they still didn't win. So I think there is something there. But uh, having said that, um, going forward, they're looking great. And this really should be a feast because let's mention the Leeds goals or two of them. Yeah. in midweek. They, there were two absolute corkers, oh, weren't they? they Jack beautiful. Harrison, yeah. uh, that, that one at the end probably was the best. And then the, the one before that, the uh, cross, and then the header by Rodrigo diving low. That was, that was spectacular goals. Candidates sparkling for, stuff. Well, absolutely. You know, goal of the month candidates there. So I, this, is, this should be a feast this uncharacteristic they weren't always feasts man united leeds games <laughs> not back in the day uh, they're more leg breakers weren't they yeah absolutely <laughs> this, Big this, this will show a different generation uh and a different style completely no first, bad thing first league meeting for 17 years then man united versus leeds monday half past midnight that one kicks off um Big Sam is back in action. West Brom versus Aston Villa is a Midlands derby. It's your Monday 3.15 a.m. kickoff. Big Sam back at West Brom. He's going to do the business as Corkill, isn't he? Or, or, or do you agree kind of with Bob that this is going to be the club where he falls? I just won't be watching that game. It's <laughs> 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 3.15 in the morning. It has zero, zero attraction. Uh, uh, I like to think of a football fan, but no, that would be dire. Um, will he do it? He'll organise them. I'm going to call out my duty of care and Craig is going to say, ah, but it's not about that. It's all about staying in the division. I'm going to say, well, we gave him 150 million quid and I'm not going to be watching, which is the fundamental value of what the Premier League is, is about. Will people get up at 3.15 in the morning and watch? And um, uh, the answer to this one is no, because even if uh, Sam Allardyce his name's not Big Sam, by the way. His name's Sam Allardyce. Um, so even if, even if Allardyce is able to, to uh, organize and regiment and make them difficult to beat and, 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 and do what uh, Allardyce does very effectively, actually, remember what he did, uh, I think it was West Ham, where he took them up to fifth and they, they still didn't appreciate him. It won't be great entertainment and it will not sell more subscriptions around the world. And I'm I can almost hear Craig saying, but that's not what is important. And I'm saying it is what's important because they're now in a multi-billion dollar industry where they're scrapping for every penny. So um, A, I won't be watching. B, if he does do it, congratulations to him, but I won't be watching. He's arguably bigger now, post-lockdown, in all those pies. Yeah. So, so I, I, yeah. Bigger Sam. <laughs> exactly. Say that to his face, Rob. Say that to his face. Biggest Sam. <laughs> um, uh, a bit about Aston Villa. I know Villa fans will be up for this. Google it in particular, Bob. Um, they might see this one as, as three surefire points, but now maybe not. Well, I don't think uh, bigger Sam will uh, have much of an impact. Must uh, be some sort of bounce off that tummy, Bob. 
two training sessions, if that, um, he'll have them. Uh, no, I mean, this is a, a West uh, Midlands derby, isn't it? It used to be uh, a, a fairly feisty occasion. And uh, Aston Villa bring all, all the football to this. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, Jack Grealish is probably the best uh, English uh, midfielder right now. And uh, he can win games on his own. And I, I will be surprised if uh, Big Sam gets off to a, a winning start here. Oh, you start as well, Bob. <laughs> Big mm. Sam. Big Sam, yeah. It's, it's ingrained, isn't it? It's ingrained. <laughs> but it's that, well, we could call him Aladici. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was his famous uh, quote when he said he would have had the Real Madrid job if his name had been Aladici, um, inferring very much that uh, English managers didn't get uh, the top jobs. Uh, that was many years ago, but uh, we could call him that. No, I think he said he got the itch. He'd been out of the game for, what, 18 months or so, and, um, you know, probably needs a few quid. He's, he's on a massive bonus if he does keep uh, West Brom up, which... I mean, you, you wonder about the uh, logic of the owners. I mean, they're going to have to pay him an absolute fortune if they do keep, if he does keep them up. Of course, with the broadcasting money, even if you come uh, 18th, 17th in the league, or even if you come bottom of the league, you, you get about £100 million. Pounds. Mm. Um, so I guess they would consider it worth it. But uh, the difference between coming bottom and becoming and coming seventeenth is usually only about ten million, and half of that is going to go to Big Sam if he does keep them up. And then what next season? Well, you know, do they give him a, a potload of money to to rebuild the side? I don't think so. So it, I think it's going to be a short-term yeah, uh, yeah, operation, whatever. All Sam Allardyce's um, appointments are short-term. West Brom versus Aston Villa, Monday, 3.15 a.m. Watch it with Des Corkill if you want. He'll send you the link. Allardyce, <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle versus Fulham is Sunday, 4 a.m. Brighton against Sheffield United is Sunday, 8 p.m. That's all the time we have. So I'm going to say thanks to Des Corkill. Didn't have much VAR rant, but I do want to mention that referees are losing their authority. The Wolves-Chelsea game, Stuart Atwell has made two dreadful mistakes. Number one, he didn't give the goal across the line because he relied on his wristwatch. He didn't trust himself. Number two, he gave a penalty that he rescinded. What VAR is doing and what technology is doing, it is taking away the authority of the referees. Love the show. Hope you're all okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Bob Holmes as well. Thanks, everybody. Couldn't agree more. And thanks, Craig Marias. Thank you very much, Ross. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, Christmas shop safely, everybody. Bye-bye. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.